This podcast was recorded before any knowledge of the coronavirus outbreak. Well, honestly, the technology now in fabrics is just amazing. I mean, we've got a new collection coming out in a few months now, which is just made of plastic bottles, refuse, which are made into little flakes, and then woven and spun into yarn. I think there's a lot of interest in that, in the sense that people feel we've got to be doing, they've got to do that little bit. Yeah. So it is, but it's more than the selling point. I think it's the way everyone's going to go. Yeah. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest Podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses, hotels, shops and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and people mentioned. And if you're doing up your own home, hopefully you'll pick up some tips for yourself. fabrics and wallpaper are like bread and butter to the design industry. Today I'm sitting with Sir Peter Osborne, welcome Peter. Thank you. Who started the company 51 years ago with his brother-in-law Anthony Little. So Peter, what I'm fascinated by is when you were 25, how on earth did you manage not to be a stockbroker? Well the simple answer is that I sort of was at the time. (laughs) When I came down from university, all my friends seemed to be going into the city or to legal companies. And actually, I did nothing for about a year. I just sort of bummed around. Anyway, then I went and joined a bank called Singer and, called Singer and Friedlander, which is no more. It went under about five years ago. And I spent one year there, and I absolutely hated it from <laughs> beginning to end. And actually, on the anniversary when I started, one year later to the day, I just didn't go back. Really? And no one noticed I'd gone for oh, about no. three months. <laughs> and I kept getting this sort of paltry paycheck, about £29 a month, oh, all of which went on lunches every day. And, well, I just left and eventually I had to write and say, look, you haven't noticed that I've gone oh, and no. kept getting this paycheck. <laughs> so then I was in a bit of a sort of dilemma as to what to do. And that's when I met Anthony Little, who just married my... Um, sister and he'd been at Kingston Art School and studied graphic design and he'd made a little bit of a name for himself well sorry not more than a little bit quite a big name for himself working with Barbara Hulaniki at Bieber okay and doing various designs um, for their showrooms and um, I think he actually did the insignia but I'm not sure about that <laughs> anyway very much sort of Bieber style and he was looking for something more sort of long term so I don't know, we pulled our limited talents and resources. So he was the creative side and <coughs> to start he was with you he, the business. He was the creative brain. side. Um, but I have, yes, absolutely. But I was always interested in that sort of creative side. And actually at one stage, thank God I didn't pursue this career, I was quite interested in illustrated Victorian books. Okay. Um, and I did a little bit of sort of dealing, buying from one, I don't know, one auction house and selling at another. Oh, I'm very glad that that didn't get off the ground. <laughs> and you started out with wallpaper, the fabric came later. You started out with wallpaper. Anthony's particular niche as a designer was doing one-off wallpapers for yeah. particular clients. They did quite a few for David Milanarek um, and, and one or two others. So he'd already Hering got the mat. connection with interior designers and was starting yes, to make yeah, it. Yeah. And I just came in, put some money into it, not that I had very much, we opened the little 29 shop. pounds? 
Well, no, that well, was, no. <laughs> <they're normal. laughs> no, we borrowed from family or whatever. I think our startup cost for about three or four thousand pounds. And well, you were here, and you were on the King's Road? No, no, we started off Brompton Cross oh, right. in a tiny little, about 700 square feet. And actually the original idea was that I would pursue my antiquarian books on the top floor and he would have a studio underneath. As I say, that soon transmogrified into me joining up with him. When I was sort of stalking your background mm. stuff, you described what the wallpaper, sort of styles that were around at that time were, were sort of porridge. I mean, it well, just... porridge is really the description others have used it to describe the colour of the wallpaper. Oh, I see, okay. Now porridge is quite fashionable, we should all be eating it. I'm not sure if it was it. No, no, it was the, was the colour, that sort of off creamy, whitey, grey colour. Yeah, um, and you, and you and just... The, and the, there was very, there were very few really nice wallpaper collections going around. I mean, there was William Morris was at, at his height again, he's a little bit back again now. Um, some quite nice stuff from America. But that was really it. You know, I'm not going to mention the names of the companies around then, but they weren't doing great stuff. So there was this obvious opportunity to do some exciting stuff. And it was, I mean, one of your first designs was a tiger leaping through a sort of bright pink tiger and yeah. white hoops and <coughs> foil background. I mean, that's... I think speed it... and fury as far as I remember. <laughs> well, that was one of the later ones. That The very first collection were quite simple hand prints, just one or two colours. But they were in sort of gold on brown and silver on blue. And, um, so well, quite... Ve very much of the moment. Yeah. It was all happening in all the other different areas of life. You know, music and fashion and such like. But it wasn't really happening in that design world. So, so you, really, you really sort of hit, you really hit a moment. Yeah. The other thing that you were, you've been very clever about is finding talent, famously... Anthony found Nisha Crossland at her design show, and I yes. think one of her designs is still That's one right, of your the best stars. Sellers. That still keeps going. Yeah, we've had a lot of it. We're, we quite like commissioning designs from outside designers. So people like Susie Hoodless did a collection. Zandra Rose did a collection for us years ago, which is now on. I think it's now finishing at the Fashion and Textile Museum. Um, and there's little bits of pieces of that didn't do terribly well. <laughs> I think a lot of people bought it just to make sort of jackets and so skirts and things. Is there a, um, I mean, is, is there a sort of formula? I mean, how, what, what is it that kind of attracts you? Because you know, you have um, collections with Matthew Williamson and Nina Campbell. Yeah, we've got a new collection coming out with Matthew Williamson. And London how long has Sunday. he been with you? 2013, so coming up to seven years. It's only one collection a year, though, but it's quite specialised. Very, very mathy, if you know what his style is. Very decorative, lots of parrots and butterflies and um, dragonflies and such like. And do you feel that that's the kind of having it part of the Osborne and Little family? Well, the, the idea to go and come in... Nina, just coming back to her, she's been with us since 1989. And she represents much more of a sort of English country house style. I would say. So there is a division. She does the, well, English country house. We do. It's rather hard to describe us, but I like to think of it as sort of classic contemporary, which is totally meaningless. <laughs> and then Matthew does this rather sort of outrageous stuff. Um, so really, you aim to cover all bases? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much as possible. So people don't need to go anywhere else? I don't mind if they go to Designers Guild across the road. <laughs> 
because we have a very close association with them in that we represent them in America. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. And so you, f- you opened your first showroom in 1974, and that was on the King's Road? 19, oh. 1968. Oh, was it? Was yeah. that, and that, that was how far that, that away from where we are now? What is now called Brompton Cross. And then when did it? you come to the King's Road? Then we came to the King's Road in 1971. The other thing for me, Mm. growing up learning about Osborne and Little, is that your ads were always extremely witty and and very innovative too. um, Who did your ads in the 80s? Well, that was when Felicity worked, my wife, Ah, worked with us. She was in charge of the PR and the advertising. Okay. And, well, actually, she she met up with, he's now the Duke of Richmond, but he was just a humble Charles Setrington at the time, and he was a professional photographer. Did a lot of work for, I think, Harrods, he did the brochure. Anyway, we teamed up with him, and so he and Felicity together sort of came up with this whole series of really, really wonderful ads. So you had um, the, the regatta collection, I remember, which yeah. was striped, <coughs> That's right. covered oars. Oars. Um, and but then, the story there is that Charles had to go back into, I think he got... I think he left Eden rather early because he was called smoking or something. Anyway, he climbed back into the boathouse apparently and nicked these oars, which he then covered in our um, wallpaper. I think he put them back. Oh, good. <laughs> I hope he did. That, I mean, it was so, just brilliant. Yeah, and then there was another one with shark fins called Chagrin, and we had to go down to the sort of national nautical experimental place down in, I can't remember where, Woking or somewhere. And they had this huge tank, and you could create wave effects. Because there's no Photoshop or anything there. No, they were literally, it was then. just no, a camera no, and no. your creative juices. Yeah. The other one I loved was the, um, the dogs all wearing jackets yeah, held yeah. with a lead. I mean, that must have been hellish to photograph. I think, I think it took about 15 hours to get yeah. them all pointing. You're quite right nowadays, take 10 minutes or something like computer, yeah. all um, pointing in the same direction. And then there was a camel that kept sort of making a mess. <laughs> I think at about midnight, they managed to get a shot of that. They're very hard to do. Unfortunately, we've rather given up doing them now. We do rather it's, more sort of traditional. Well, ones. you did a beautiful birthday, the, the birthday ones, the 50th the anniversary. Cake was quite fun. They were, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the last. No, I mean, all, we tried to do whimsical, sort of vaguely amusing ones. But actually, I think it's the product. Now, I've, I've changed my view a little bit. Unless you've got that talent doing it, it's just better to do, like the latest one represents this collection. So presumably the technology when it comes to making fabrics Mm. and wallpaper as well has also kind of advanced. So you now do outdoor collections as well. Yeah. So there's two, you have Nina's collection once a year, Matthew's collection once a year, and then the Osborne and Little. We do it twice a year. I would say the biggest change has been the use of digital. But you can now, particularly digital wallpapers, you know, before the introduction of digital, you were constrained by about seven colours and a repeat of about 60 centimetres, you know, the diameter of a roller. Now you can do huge, great drops, three metre drops, you know, 50 colours or whatever. And that's completely changed, I think, the sort of, um, well, the market for digitals. It's just about all we do now. Our latest collection has certainly half of the digitals, all of the next Matthew collection of digitals. And it's sort of the same in fabrics. It's of having to make lots of screens up, which are quite expensive, so the origination costs were quite high. 
Um, you just do digital, you can do 20 meters or 50 meters. The old days we had to do 250 to start with, which does mean that a lot of other people are coming in, a lot of um, startup companies are coming into the trade. But I mean, so what? Great, you know. And, and does it, is it, I mean, where does your heart lie? Do you sort of embrace the, the kind of innovation of it all, or, or do you prefer the... No, I embrace the innovation. <laughs> well, it's just so much easier to create collections yeah. without having to wait six months for rollers to be um, carved and all yeah. that sort of um, origination. But in the studio, there are artists who hand-draw... Am I right in thinking? Well, the answer is that some, some of them like using computers. Right. Obviously, there are various programs. Yeah. Like to design. And there's well, certainly a couple who like sitting by the window and hand drawing. I slightly prefer the hand look. But you know, you can get that brushwork look. Yeah. On a, you can get anything on a computer, frankly, yeah. now. What about planes? Are the majority of the fabrics that you sell actually. Actually, planes, no, but it is a huge element. I mean, yeah. it's about 35%. Yeah. Um, and what I love about your collection is that they're mm. always very clever is that there's always, even if it's a particularly um, zany one, there's always a co- coordinating, so you, yeah, can, yeah. you can mix and match. It's yeah, no, I mean everyone is doing planes, you have to, yeah. probably in other companies it's a bit more than 35%, because most people want planes, yeah. you know, it's your house full of planes. What people like a is a little bit of cushion, <laughs> a cushion with a bit of design on it. The plane on the safer. So probably most of the, the yardage comes from planes and then you just get maybe curtains if you're lucky or cushions. And what about your own home? Is that you or Felicity? <clears throat> well, I've got to admit something here <laughs> in public. We won't tell anyone. No, no, no. no we, well, we moved into a new house about two years ago, just coming up to two years. And it was so beautifully done. And it was done with just grey walls, sort of. Or grey walls and white curtains <laughs> everywhere. And we have changed a little bit. We got around to changing a bit. But I have to say, it's so restful. But we are, <laughs> it's also a lack of energy because we've just done another house three years earlier. We will get around to it. But, um, well, I have to say, I can see why people like, I shouldn't be saying this, but people like plain walls, particularly that sort of off grey. But also, I mean, I think we'll let you off because you are, you know, you are looking at fabrics and colour yeah, 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 all, all yeah. day long so it's almost I suppose it's kind of restful to go back to it's just that we haven't got the energy to get on to it, but <laughs> we will do we will do <laughs> fabrics that we're sitting with now whose collection this, is this? This is, our, this is our new we call it indoor outdoor so it can be, it's outdoor, essentially, but you can also use it indoor, we have to remind people of that. And it is exactly for that, for patios, swimming pools, because um, really when conservatories. You, when, you know, when you it's think... Hard to, sorry, it's hard to say, I mean, it looks like a perfectly normal yeah, exactly. it's fabric, not as, like a cotton it, fabric. It, it's not as if you've got that sort of um, plasticky feeling no, to it, no, I no, think no, it's no, amazing. No. Well, honestly, the technology now in fabrics is just amazing. And we've got a new collection coming out in a few months now, which is just made of plastic bottles, refuse, which are made into little flakes, and then woven and spun into yarn. I think there's a lot of interest in that, in the sense that people feel we've got to be doing, they've got to do that little bit. Yeah. So it is, but it's more than the selling point. I think it's the way everyone's going to go. You know? Yeah. But I think also it's, um, you know, you have to do, if you're going to go down that route you've mm. got to do it properly because um, yeah you can't just do one it. collection I yeah. mean we're, we're, we've actually set 
division is rather grand way of saying it. One designer's responsibility is to come up with two or three collections every year of these um, recyclable yarns. And we're starting in about six months' time with our first collection. Okay. <laughs> and you've also been exhibited in the V&A Museum. That must have been exciting. God, that was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's quite an accolade. <clears throat> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. I think, well, we're, we're in that collection. We're in collections in New York. But I have to say, they're not on display there. But I think there's a drawer in the wallpaper department. It's probably sort of 70s wallpapers. Um, along with, I don't know, Andy Warhol and Peter Blake and others. And what is it that excites you about the industry now? I find it quite hard to get excited. <laughs> I've been at it for 50 years. <laughs> well, my personal enjoyment out of it is still running my business. And it's a design business, so dealing with nice product. There's a lot of travel involved. So it's, it's really just the, the business is an interesting one. But I guess, you know, you're, just, you, you're almost as good as your last launch. Yeah. And indeed, the cycle is very quick collections peak after about um, 18 months and then they just sort of fall away people looking for the new thing so it is a bit like fashion fashion is easier though. you just sort of make up half a dozen dresses and one that sells at the show you just make up another 200 with us we have to make all the books up in advance and you know it's a real commitment and also that's a quite an expensive part of the process isn't it the book making the books it, it's huge it's half the cost of the launch will we still be making books moving forward well when you've got accounts is it, i mean the sales through this show are less than one percent of our sales so not many people come here yeah. you know accounts in york and aberdeen and winchester whatever they, they work from pattern books there's no other way of doing it it's the big it's, it's the big challenge we're all trying to come up with a solution to how do we how do we deal without these great big pattern books? And what about markets? Which are the big um, markets for you, uh, other than the well, UK? Well, America's the biggest. It's half our, half our sales. And is that is that with Osborne and Little, or with Nina, or...? Well, we have Designers Guild there, so with them it's about 50-50. But that's half our sales. Nina's about a quarter of our sales, about 25%. So you oversee all the designs that are going um, through? Yes, but I don't work in the studio, but I probably go there at least once a day um, and look at things. Then once every two weeks we have design meetings and we sometimes get in others to give an opinion if we're not quite sure about something. Except Sam Miller. Sam Miller's got great taste and very outspoken. <laughs> I do have to say to him, look, we don't have to go with what Sam decides, but let's get her opinion. And, and so out of 20 designs, if you're being shown, mm. how many, are there any that you would discard entirely? Is it, or is it then um, about... Yeah, the... no, I've, I've become very ruthless recently. I mean, we just dropped two designs yesterday. We'd already made the origination screens and the rollers, and it was costing about four or five grand for each to drop them, but I just didn't want to go ahead. It was just a gut, it's, like, it's just a gut feeling. No, it's something that I always had doubts about throughout all the different design meetings we had, I just felt I cannot go ahead with this design. I'll show it to you one day. Yeah, no, I'd love to see it. <laughs> the rejects. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, I think you have to be right. I, honestly, I view it as a strength to do a U-turn. <laughs> you can't just go ahead just because you got this far. And incidentally, once I'd said, look, we can't do that, I'm not, I'm not 
authoritarian in that project. I said, look, we've really got to discuss this now. And then sort of three or four days, I said, well, I haven't been quite sure of that. And, you know, but it's probably for me to have raised the topic. Mm. So that was it. But we don't often do that. By the time we've got to the sort of final stage, you know, it's past various. It takes a year to produce a collection. That's probably about 12 design meetings when collections, you know, take place and there's chances to drop them. And just, I mean, we are, we're in the showroom now, we're in a retail mm. space, and it's very much people come in, ask advice, there's always sorts, there's always people around to ask, yeah. flick, through the, flick through the books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's principally, we're not in Chelsea Harbour, this is principally a trade showroom. So most of the people who come are accounts, or they've been sent by their designer to choose things. But we are a bit unusual that we sell retail, retail which well. you can't do at Chelsea Harbour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it sort of works because we've got designers guild opposite and then got other people like Little Green next door and um, Colfax down the road and Fulham Road so it's become a little bit of a designerly area Do you all get together? Um, we're all very friendly actually it's extraordinary I don't think it's like that in the fashion industry No, no, I'm always having breakfast with David Green at Colfax and obviously Trisha Guild and Simon No, we're very friendly It's a bit weird, right? <laughs> 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 we swap sales figures. <laughs> no, it's quite nice. I mean, on, on a social level too. Yeah. And just tell us a little bit about mm. the, the collaboration. So you at the moment you're doing um, your outdoor collection with Indian Ocean. No, no, we're not doing it with them, but we use their You've furniture. Used they, their they supplied the furniture, which we showed in Paris, in the brochure, and they get a credit. And I'm sort of hoping they will show on their furniture at Chelsea to... Um, Chelsea Flower Show, some of the collections, some of the designs. I think we're working on that now. They like the planes, they're not so keen on the patterns. I personally think the patterns are what's going to sell because everyone else is doing the planes. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably wrong. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not. Thank you, Peter. Thank I, mean, you one of, I mean, one of the designs we've reproduced is it was our best selling wallpaper ever. What was that? Which is trailing orchid with um, hummingbirds. Oh, yes, 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 Actually, yes. Actually, I think it's up still. No, it's just come down. It was around the corner. And that is, that's been such a success. So, anyway, we've made, I can show you at some stage, we've we made an um, outdoor fabric out Gorgeous. of that. Oh, we'll take a picture. We'll yeah. put it on the, yeah. on the website when this goes out. Peter, thank you so much. It's been really fascinating. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett. And keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.